This is Blake Shepard, the voice of Soma Yukihira on Food Wars. And you're listening to a Toonami Faithful podcast exclusive. Welcome to this Tsunami Faithful Podcast exclusive. I am your host, Sketch, and with me is my co-host, Paul Pascrillo. Hello. And we are joined today by Blake Shepard, the voice of Soma Yukihira on Food Wars. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. So, before we... uh get into the meat of this conversation which will definitely focus on food wars uh yes we'll all be thinking about mito won't we <laughs> and the and the puns have started and the puns yeah. have started we were talking we're talking about food wars there will be puns <laughs> but uh why don't you tell us a bit about yourself blake obviously you're an actor you've uh you've done some animation so uh, tell us where you got, how, how you got to where you are today. Wow, where, how I, how I uh, my journey began as a, as a young buck. Um, I started in uh, theater school, uh, going to school for theater, actually theater design, not even theater. Uh, and then towards the end of my high school career was uh, double majoring in visual art as well. So I was doing a lot of painting, a lot of building, and uh, very little acting. Uh, and that all kind of changed when a friend of mine whose family owned an entertainment company, you know, obviously we went to a theater school. So a lot of the families were involved in theater and these were like theater kids. One of my, uh, one of my friends in school was actually in the first X-Files movie as one of the young kids that like uh, at the beginning of the film, like tells Mulder where to go or something. It's like, a, but anyway, he got to meet him and got signed stuff and it's all cool. But uh, this, uh, this girl that I went to school with, her family needed a shaggy. Uh, and I th- want to say this was maybe sophomore or junior year of high school, probably into sophomore, uh, or I guess middle heading into Halloween. Uh, and I had just been shaggy for Halloween that year. And it turned out that their shaggy had actually like had some bad drugs and gone off the deep end and they couldn't find him. <laughs> Some, uh, that's a method acting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was really getting into the role. So they they had me step in and I, I was just doing uh, like Verizon wireless stores. This is before they got really big and they were just trying to get known for customer appreciation. And it was around the time the first film had come out. So they were basically just sticking a guy in a Scooby-Doo costume uh, and they had a big like cooler full of ice cream. And our job was just to lure kids into the into the store, like as they're walking through a mall or something, you know, like they'd send me to different Verizon stores. It doesn't sound skeevy at all. Yeah, it's like, like, just come on in and have some ice cream, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how it started. And I got I got hooked in with a couple of different entertainment companies and started just doing voices for, uh, you know, characters at kids' birthday parties. So they dressed me up like Spider-Man and Batman and Power Rangers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, voice actor Johnny Young Bosch and I have had a, a, a lot of jokes about that because I got to, I was like, yeah, I used to play a Power Ranger too, but it was <laughs> in backyards doing magic tricks, right? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we laughed about that. But um yeah, it's a, it's, it was just kind of a weird start. And then I met a lady who had worked 
for Stephen Foster with ADV Films, and she's like, you know, they're always looking for young guys with your voice range. You ought to just audition. And so she gave me the number, and I called, and I was on a year-long waiting list for an audition. So, I mean, back then, even, it was it was a really long time. And I just, uh, finally, a year later, they called me back, and I went in, and, you know, I just... I don't know. I guess I just did a really good job and they passed my name around to all the directors and everybody kind of tried me out. And, uh, you know, it was funny because they gave us a little resume to fill out when we got there. So, you know, I wrote down, you know, all the characters that I had done up to that point over the years. So, I mean, it was SpongeBob, Spider-Man, Batman, you know, Power Rangers, you know, Bob the Builder, whatever else came up. And so they thought I actually, reading my resume, thought I'd been in all these animated shows. And they're like, yeah, so, you know, when were you in Spider-Man? You know, it's like, oh, no, no, I just dress up like Spider-Man and, and hang out in kids' backyards, you know, on their birthdays. <laughs> that like, doesn't sound skeevy at all. Exactly. So <laughs> so I think that kind of made me memorable, too, right? So, you know, just uh, those fun stories. But, yeah, they, uh, so, yeah, and I, I stuck around. I got some lead roles early on. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of have been lucky enough and fortunate enough to to make friends, you know, with a lot of people and, and just kind of stay in the business. So uh, it's, it was just kind of fun. I hit the ground running and, you know, I'll, I'll keep coming in as long as they keep calling me. So. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get into some of this food wars discussion. Uh, first of all, how, how would you say you are similar and different from Soma? Um, similar, I would definitely say in tenacity. Uh, I don't get discouraged very easily, and I often like to take on tasks that are, you know, most people would call insane. Like, for instance, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I decided to just start making my own anime because I thought it would be fun. Um, and everyone just thought I was nuts, but uh, I'm still working on it, and it's still really fun. And uh, we're having a good time. We have a little Patreon, and I, I don't really promote the Patreon ever because I'm not really doing it for money. I'm just doing it for myself. Right. So uh, it was kind of a I have a degree in animation. So I was like, well, you know, I don't want to go back to school and get a master's. Why don't I just make an animation and that'll be my master's. Right. That'll just be my own. Like, I'll give myself a degree and like pat on the back. Like, good job. You did it. So, uh, you know, in that regard, I think that Soma and I are very similar where everyone else is looking at us like we're crazy. And we're like, nah, this will be fine. Everything will work out. And if it doesn't, then I'll learn from my mistakes. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. And I mean, I guess animation in general is like that. So I definitely uh, I feel Soma a lot of times when he's just kind of rolling with the punches. Um, and then how we're not similar. I am I'm not much of a masochist when it comes to food. I don't enjoy eating disgusting <laughs> food. Um, I, I will eat disgusting food if I have to. Um, and there's not a lot of foods I actually find disgusting. So that kind of works in my favor. Um, but I do not actively seek out disgusting food. I have to say that's the number one thing. <laughs> uh, how are you in the kitchen? You uh, you a good chef? You know, thanks to Food Wars, I'm getting there. Uh, food Wars is, has really uh, kind of inspired me, I guess you'd say, to dig in and and try some Japanese dishes that I've I've always wanted to learn how to cook. So um, I think my next my next really big project is going to be learning how to make ramen using like making my own bone broth and doing it that way. So uh, that, that'll be a fun project. But uh, yeah, I, 
I love making fried rice. I love making tempura. Um, you know, any any Japanese food is is always fun to make. So, uh, and I mean, uh, after going to Japan a couple of times, it it definitely instilled in me a, a love for Japanese food. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that I that I actually cook quite frequently. So. Mm. Do you think the that Food Wars has done a good job depicting how crazy it is to compete in the cooking world? I think Food Wars has done a good job of magnifying how fun it is. Like I doubt people actually have that fun cooking, but by Food Wars <laughs> standards, like you'd never actually know it, you know, right? Like they make it so awesome. Um, I mean, and there's so many battles that stand out to me. I just I think the characters make it so cool. I love how they gave each character like their own specialties. Um, I, I just it's it's so it's so neat to me how much of a shonen type show it really is. Um, and I really like the way, I really like that they approach it that way. Um, mm. Now we should probably stick to just the first two seasons because we've only started season three on Toonami now, but uh, of the first two seasons, the first two plates, mm -hmm. uh, what, what are some of your favorite cooking battles? Hmm. I'd have to say my my all-time favorite number one is Subaru. Um, that is a good one. That's that's my favorite, I think. And and it's because he kind of he was this character that kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like you didn't really expect him, and then suddenly he's this like crazy Dexter, like serial killer trophy getter of all the like chefs, <laughs> like knives and stuff. So I really liked that. Um, I guess I don't I don't know if is Kuga, Kuga does Kuga count as season? He's season three, isn't he? Kuga's. We've just been introduced to Kuga. In, just been introduced. In okay, three. so he's he's not necessarily my favorite, but definitely uh, Alice Knockery. Um, I really like his food war with her. Um, in the fall selection. Because, yeah, just because that one was so. It was so interesting because of all the new uh, elements that they added. I really liked all the like, uh, you know, molecular kind of animation stuff that they did. That was that was all really fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. They, and she makes this fancy box, and they're like, "Well, this this kind of doesn't go with the theme." She's like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too, right? Like you you really don't know who's gonna win. I mean, it's really like they they were so good at at keeping you like questioning who's got it until the end. Oh yeah. That, that three-way battle at the end of the fall selection, like it kept you guessing. Yeah, for sure. But I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they don't let, let someone win it all the time. I'm glad that there is like, you really, he, I think he probably loses as much as he wins. I mean, if you were to count up all the wins and loses in the first two seasons, I think it's probably pretty even, huh? Yeah, pretty even, as long as you don't count all the losses to his dad. Right, uh, well, you know, hey, you can't beat the master, man. You can't yeah. So what do you think of Soma's relationship with his father? Uh, I really like it. You know, I think it's, uh, I really like that they haven't touched on the mom a lot. I, I like the mystery behind that and, and the, like, the, the, uh, I just I feel like it in that way is such a Japanese story with the way they never touch on it. Like that's that feels played very close to the chest. 
Um, and, and I like that aspect of storytelling when they'll, they don't really give you everything, you know, like you're, you're left to build that relationship in your mind on your own. Um, and I obviously like, you know, Soma and his dad's relationship is strengthened by probably how much they both love their the mom. Right. So it's this sort of bond through the pain, which I think is really cool. Um, and then obviously like that, that gentle competition. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I've definitely, uh, definitely identified with and, and in writing, I mean, not to, not to bring it back to the project that I'm working on, but, um, there's a very similar dynamic unintentionally between, uh, my main character, the protagonist and her dad as well. Uh, and they own like a ramen shop and it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of these fun, uh, Japanese cliches that were kind of casting in new lights and uh, it's a very similar kind of relationship so it was really nice to actually create something like that and then do food wars and see that same type of personality uh, really trying to capture that that subtle Japanese you know uh, kind of underplayed emotion uh, but still this very strong connection uh, so I really like that aspect of it. I like I like how sort of distant they seem, but also very close. Yeah, they they do seem to be distant but close. It's it's a good observation. So, have you had the opportunity to check out the Food Wars manga? I have. I have checked out the Food Wars manga. At first, I was really surprised that Soma's hair was black. Um. That was really weird to me when I was thumbing through the first, uh, I think it was maybe the, the first volume or the second volume. I can't remember which one I saw first. I think it was the first. But yeah, yeah. that's... So it's kind of two-toned, like it's black at the bottom and, and red at the top. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I didn't expect it. But yeah, it's, it also impressed me how it's one of the rare shows that I think that the manga is actually less artful than the show hmm. like i i love the inspiration and i love the way the characters are drawn but i feel like when it's in full color and the food is like in its animated glory it just takes mm. a level yeah i think motion adds a lot to it too yeah for sure yeah huh. all right and we gotta ask, what was your first reaction to a food gasm? You know, it was funny because I was like, "Oh, this show's not going to be popular." <laughs> well, because I sure mean, you know, I had that? I had such I had such high hopes for this show, and and I was like, "Man, this this seems like it's going to be really good." And then I saw the first food gasm, and I'm like, "Ah, this is never going to be on TV." Because I've I've done these shows before. Uh, and one of the one of the main ones that I remember was this show that I worked on called Mermaid Melody, uh, and it never it never got to be aired. We actually recorded the entire show, and I was really excited because I played the main character and the main villain at the same time. And uh, Brittany Karbowski was one of the leads, and, and we're working on this show. And, and one of the contingencies I think was that it had to somehow get on tv uh, but the studio couldn't make it work because it was too kiddie for adults and too adult for kids mm. and this is an issue that that 
Jap Japanese animation runs into in the States. There's a lot of really cute, chibi, cutesy characters in shows, but it's very adult, right? Like you see kind of One Piece walk that line, but the fact that it's pirates, it's like, ah, it kind of bridges the gap. It can be a little cutesy sometimes, but it's still pirates, you know? So like mm -hmm. you can sell it, you can sell it to a network. Uh, so I was really actually nervous the first time I saw the foodgasms. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been really funny to watch studios evolve. Um, I have a lot of old ADV DVDs. Uh, they used to give us copies whenever we did the shows. And so I have a lot of those old. I mean, now they're like collectible. Um, but they did a lot of TNA on the covers. Oh, yeah, they did. And then they found out that they would actually sell more of them if they didn't do that because guys are embarrassed to go to a Best Buy and check out with the, the checkout girl if they've got a bunch of like school-aged looking TNA on the cover of their DVDs. So that what they thought was actually selling the, the discs was keeping people from buying the discs. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, Co coming from that perspective, it, it honestly just made me nervous, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that it worked out. Once I realized that the, that the, the fan service was, was more of like a more poking fun at it yeah. than actually being fan service, it made perfect sense. And it, it completely fell into the theme. And I guess my hope was, is like, man, I hope people get the joke, you know, cause it really is a joke. It's, it's funny. You know, it's not meant to be risque. It's meant to be, I mean, but you also kind of have to understand anime to fully get it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, was, big reactions good. to delicious food is something that lots of other manga and anime have done, like uh, Yakitate Japan. Somebody would have this delicious bread, and then they would envision some kind of craziness uh -huh. because of the bread that they saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't so. know. You know, it's 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 definitely though. I mean, it is a uh, it's a staple for the show now. I mean, you wait for it. You know, I mean, and especially with like the first time I saw the director uh, yeah. go to food gas, I was just like, oh, please do this, and it's like, oh! I love so, that time when they think that the director has had no reaction, but he had actually lost his <laughs> lost his undergarments. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's like ah oh, i feel yeah. a breeze <laughs> yeah such a payoff so funny so but have yeah, any of your it. friends or family seen some food wars and what did they think of it they have you know a lot of people love it and it's it's cool because i think you know now that it's on netflix and it's it's on toonami i think a lot more people are seeing it and they don't even realize i'm in it you know so i mean even uh one of those one of the local sushi restaurants that uh, I really like uh, and frequent, the uh, waiter didn't realize that I was the voice, and he's a huge Food Wars fan. <laughs> so, um, so now whenever I go in there, he kind of like he he has a little fan moment. It's cool, but yeah, it's a it's it's really crazy. And then he like he told the sushi chef, and the sushi chef was a Food Wars fan. So, uh, so it's just really funny. I mean, it's it's just crazy that it's it's getting to the point now where anime is becoming a lot more, you know, well-known. I feel like, you know, it's, it's come a long way from the days when they used to call it Japanimation. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. It's very cool. 
Speaking of the days when they used to call it uh, Japanimation, I was looking at your bio on your website, and it sounded like you did some uh, some animation for the Anime Network in the earlier I days. I did, yeah. So, um, you know, this is this is another one of my uh, one of my Somayuki hero traits here of of you know always always rising to a challenge. So I was in. Uh, I had been an actor, like I said, since high school. I started when I was about 15 or 16. And I basically just got to the point, you know, in my early 20s where I was just like, you know what? I don't really want to be an actor full time. Like it's kind of, you know, I've, I did the carny lifestyle for a while doing all that stuff. And even when you become like if you were to move to Hollywood and become a Hollywood actor, like you're still kind of a carny. Right. Like you see the way it works now with COVID, where now you all of a sudden you have celebrities doing like sprint commercials, you know, because they're just like trying to find anything that they can do because there's no movies going on. So like when, you know, when the when the bread and circus is over, you're still just like a carnival person. So I was trying to find some sort of an avenue I could go in that was a little more stable. Um, unfortunately I'm still an artist and animation is pretty much just more carnival people, but of a different kind. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, it's, I didn't really escape it. I'm still just a carny, uh, in my own right. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I embrace it. I mean, I, I love art and, and art's fun, but I don't know. I think that, uh, it was, it was definitely fortuitous that I was already at ADV uh, and anime, the anime network was sharing a building with ADV. So whenever I would book time, I would just always make sure to go by and say hi to everybody. Uh, and because I was in shows, I kind of, you know, I, I was able to move through and say hi to everyone and say hi to the directors and, uh, you know, talk to people. And, you know, I made sure to let, you know, them know that I was in school for animation. You know, it's because, you know, this was kind of the move I was making, like trying to get a degree. Um, you know, so that so that hopefully maybe they'd keep me in mind for an internship. And uh, towards the end of school, that's where I started interning. And then I worked there for about two years, making uh, making all of the bumpers and the you know the basically the animations between the shows and the commercials. Um, so and they had a few series that they were working on that were like little shorts. Uh, so I I did about. 18 episodes of this show that they created called the miscellaneous adventures of Pooh boy um, which was this kind of like cute karopi chibi looking baby that just pooped on stuff uh, <laughs> and they were like they were just like little two-minute adventures and there wasn't really any audio it was all just noises uh so it was pretty fun uh, and i got to uh to work on a lot of those and i was also doing the voice of the character anyway uh, so they started pulling me in to do this little character's voice early on before I started working there. And so it was kind of cool because I got to sort of be the director and the producer and the animator for the uh, for the show. So it was nice. Hmm. So you made bumpers for for the packaging for the for the network was any oh, no, of that a, little, the, uh, a little. Yeah, for the uh, for the anime uh, network. So any of that was uh, maybe Toonami inspired? Yeah, very tsunami inspired. I mean, it, back then, I guess it was just called. Uh, it was called. Uh, what was it called? It wasn't called tsunami. It was called. Yeah, it, uh, it used to be called tsunami. Or uh, are you thinking of Adult Swim action? Adult. No, it was. It was. What did they used to call it before? It was called Adult Swim. 
Well, there was Tsunami and Adult Swim, and when Tsunami left weekday afternoons, it became Maguzi. I'm, I'm don't no, think this that's was, necessarily what you were looking at. <laughs> well, this was this was back when the only shows they had were it was Cartoon Cartoon, and then they made Powerpuff Girls, and then they made Dexter's Lab. Uh, so most of it was still just Hanna Barbera. Oh, which, so like Super Adventures or uh, Power Zone. Yeah, it was it was something like that. Might have been Power Zone. It was and there was a name for it. What was it called? Anyway, but yeah, yeah, back then, I mean, it was it was kind of a it was sort of a wild west because I mean I was really a, allowed to pretty much do whatever I wanted. I mean, I pitched ideas and and different things, and uh, you know, we just kind of you know we we just kind of worked with stuff and and came up with you know concepts and if if the if the bosses were happy with it then we just made it happen so uh, i got to do some original 2d animated cartoons and stuff and we did some bigger bumpers that were like you know it was like almost like bang energy you know like silly goofy like we'd bring andrew love in and have him scream at the microphone for you know 30 <laughs> minutes and then we'd cut all of his lines up and like make a spot out of it so it was a lot of fun so i see you regularly tweet during the tsunami broadcast often enough having some banter with your uh, in-show father <laughs> of course <laughs> and uh how's that community experience been for you I mean, it's, it's been fantastic. I've, I've never, um, I've never been happier to be, to be part of it because I, I see people getting inspired to share food and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, making traditional dishes from where they live and they're sharing it online. And I just think it's so cool. I think, uh, you know, food just brings people together anyway. Uh, so having mm -hmm. a show that kind of does that too, it's, it's neat. Uh, cause it's, you know, it's, it sort of transcends, like we were talking about, transcends like traditional, you know, anime in that sense, where it's, you know, you you have all of these kind of very Japanese anime things about the show that people may get or may not get, but uh, either way, like people can always connect with the food, you know. I mean, people, you know, see that, you know, those those shimmering plates and their Miyazaki esque brilliance, you know, and it's just like, ah, I get it. I know what mm -hmm. the show's about. So it's fun. It's it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I think it's great that Food Wars is on Toonami. It's kind of not a traditional show for Toonami by, by any stretch. I mean, it's not punching and kicking action. It's you know, it's dramatic moments action. Right. So I, I think that still qualifies as action in what? a way. You know, you got those dramatic stare downs and everything. But I think the shonenness still can appeal to the audience like it has all those aspects of you know different people from different things somebody aspiring to greatness and you know those emotional moments so i'm i'm glad it's it's been it seems to be doing well with the tsunami audience well and it's it's interesting too because you know it's it's like sneak it's sneaking education in at the same time. Yes, so like you're you're learning something about different cultures that you might not have known that are going in the back of your little memory banks, and then one day mm -hmm. you're having a food and you're like, oh my god, that's the thing from the show. You'd have a very so. educational hour if you put Doctor Stone next to Food Wars, right? <laughs> You'd also have a. Well, I mean, there's plenty of cute girls going around, so there's that too. Yeah. 
No, there's a as long as there's pencils, they'll be cute girls. Uh, I'm sure. No, for sure. <laughs> you can't escape it. I know. And handsome men too. Some some strapping handsome men. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as happy about that. I think it's I think it's unrealistic standards to hold men to. You know, that's I mean, right. Women absolutely. <laughs> They just look like that all the time. I mean, come on. You know, I can't have a six-pack like that. It's just not fair. Yeah, seriously. That Subaru guy's built like a tank. Good God, man. Scary guy. Very scary guy. So, yeah, and Rob, Rob Bungle just nails it, man. He did such a good job of that character. Mm, yeah. And I, I really appreciate that cookie bell for... You know, it's it's Soma going up against this guy who's crushed so many people's dreams, and so yeah. I was like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You're you're just a fake. You need you need to be taken down a peg, and I'm gonna be the one to do it. And right. it's like, yeah, I love those emotional highs that you get in Food Wars. It's like no other shows pull it off quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the way that they're able to, it's somehow they always top dishes they've done in previous episodes i mean like this there's they're always one-upping themselves you mm-hmm. know visually like if you're thinking about how they plan these shows it's like man like what dishes are they like how do you keep from repeating yourself you know? come a long way from uh eggs over rice <laughs> yeah right well yeah i guess they did start pretty simple right they just they kept it uh but man those little gelatin uh it looks Egg. good. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Really, really creative. I eat it. I bet it tastes delicious. And oh man, that that potato wrapped in bacon thing in the first episode. Oh, I want so, it so bad. That's, that's another thing. Actually, I, I keep talking about it. I really want to try to make it, but I want to do it as like potato, like small potato balls Ooh. instead of like one large roast. I want to do little mini ones. Because I feel like I feel like yeah, the I bacon would, would soak. Yeah, they'd soak through better, and then you could, uh, you know, you could just make like bite-sized ones. Mm. You, you know, I, I wanted to ask: um, Have you guys ever thought about, like, maybe you and some of the other cast members, maybe doing something, recording you guys, like making some food, like kind of incorporating yeah, you know, that? Really funny, because uh, so me and uh, me and my dad, me and Jay Hickman were we're talking about and we've we've been working on uh coming up with a menu uh and we've we've talked to a few conventions about it but we really would like to start doing uh some food war kind of packages where we bring out a couple of voice actors and we do food battles at the conventions Uh, Hmm, i mean and obviously everything got put on hold you know because of covid and all that but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had recommended maybe we do something where we have like a section that's just like, you know, everyone like we we buy the ingredients and, you know, whatever city when we get there. And then you have like, you know, ice cream sundae battles or something like, you know, you find your you find your Asian grocery store and you you know buy all your ingredients and you just basically have a big ice cream social or some kind of party at the end. But it starts with a food war between you know, between the actors and then the audience decides who wins. You know, that, that sounds that, really fun. That, that might be something like maybe to do on YouTube or do like some kind of like Facebook Live or something like. Yeah. So, C- Color World 
uh, did some food battles with some of us. I know I did one with uh, Christina Kelly, who plays uh, Allison Ockery. Uh, We did one together. And I also did one with, uh, on Twitter, she's called Anime Eyed Girl. Um, We did one together. And uh, I think me and Bryson Boggess were talking about doing one, but I don't know if it's still scheduled. I'm not not sure what happened with that. Mm. I know. I'd imagine they're pretty. The long-awaited battle between Soma and Aldini. <laughs> Aldini. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. That'd be that'd fun. Be, that'd be cool. Well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, so. Uh, what is another series you'd like to see on Toonami? Hmm, another series I'd like to see on Toonami. Um, man, that's tough, you know, because you'd want, I guess you'd need something that goes, goes with that, um, goes with that kind of style. Say maybe a tough one. Gosh, maybe like, uh, I don't know, I, something like Hakuoki would be cool, or maybe like Hamatora. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I, a lot of the shows that I've done in the last few years have, have been like 12, 12 episode, you know, or 14 episode shows. Like not a lot of really like long running. Hmm. Um, well, they don't always have to be long running, but they do tend to lean towards those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any that I can talk about. Um, <laughs> I know that I know that Nonbaka would be a good one. Uh, oh. That would be would be a that would be a good one. Nonbaka, sure. Yeah. yeah, that one's that one's great. It's a it's a bunch of prisoners. Uh, and yeah, it's antics. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy show. Yeah, Nonbaka would be a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a, there's probably a few more that I could think of, but. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Nambaka. I think that's a good one. Mm. An interesting choice. So you've, you've mentioned a little bit about your animation, but uh, before you go, uh, why don't you give us some uh, further details on some of your animated work that people can check out? Yeah, so uh, I've we a lot of the stuff is password protected on uh, through through the website, but you can go to robotgirlchronicles.com. Um, and I mean, anyone can sign up on Patreon if they want the password. Um, and it's kind of designed so that, you know, people can kind of peek behind the curtain and see how animation's made. So if you don't want, you don't want it spoiled for you, you might not want to want to join up, but, um, we have uh, a lot of tiers on there. We even have a $1 tier, uh, for people that want to submit robot designs. And if we use their designs, we give them credit as a designer. In the in the credits of the show, uh, so they can get some you know credits if they need some for their for their animation or you know character design career or anything like that. And uh, if anyone has shows that they're working on, we also offer help. Uh, so if people want to sign up and send us messages, we can you know give them guidance on you know, how to create their own shows. And that's the end goal for me with this is you know we're probably going to do the first season, maybe the first two seasons. Um, we'll, and we'll do eight episodes of each, and then we'll end up releasing uh, a Blu-ray or a DVD that'll have special features on how we actually made the show, uh, so that people can kind of see that and then, you know, 
build from there and do their own thing. Uh, so, uh, but the show's about a, a girl that fights robots from another dimension, uh, and it's jokingly called Robot Girl. Um, but the joke of the show is she's not actually a robot. It's just a bad translation from the Japanese. Uh, <laughs> so the, the the name in kanji is like, you know, 14 characters long. And then the English translation is Robot Girl. Uh, so that's kind of the joke of it. But in, in kanji, it's uh, the chronicles of the girl that battles robots from another dimension. So um, Ah, I see. So it's it's like a Don Machi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And I mean, you know, it's it's basically just pulling from all the all the fun tropes that I've noticed all these years uh, being in anime and watching it. And, uh, you know, I just I kind of wanted to do something that that harkened back to the old school, uh, you know, styles of Mazinga Zir uh, and, you know, Astro Boy and, and, you know, Mega Man and all that kind of fun stuff and sort of telling a modern story with it uh, that's modern in an, in a Japanese sense. Like I really, we're really trying to stay true to the Japanese art of storytelling. Um, it's, it's a lot of people are trying to do anime right now in the West. And I feel like a lot of it's falling short because they're trying to tell it from a Western lens. And I think that's a mistake. I think the charm of Japanese anime is how Japanese it is. Uh, so we're trying to stay in a lot of those same archetypes and, and tell the story from that perspective. Hence, you know, the, the kind of, you know, distant but close relationship with the dad and all that stuff that we talked about in Food Wars. Uh, there's a lot of those types of notes in it. Um, mm. And then, you know, it's and it, it plays between a, a few different uh, a few different characters. So there's two different stories going on at once. And if you go to robotgirlchronicles.com, you'll see a little button up at the top in the navigation for the Arctic case files. And uh, that is a group that is also part of the Robot Girl Chronicles universe, but they don't know she exists and she doesn't know that they exist. And they're actually doing research, trying to figure out what's actually happening in Japan because there's a lot of seismic activity and there's a lot of volcanoes erupting and the media just keeps calling it climate change. Uh, but they know that there's probably more to the story. So they're trying to dig deep and figure out what's actually going on. Uh, and then, you know, they, they sort of, the, the stories sort of cross over each other uh, at different times. And uh, part of the fun is kind of figuring out how it all ties together. Oh, so there's an interactive element to it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the way the show is going to be released, there's not actually going to be episode numbers. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Hopefully, folks, check that out. And uh, before you go, do you have any advice for aspiring animators and actors? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, that's wanting to achieve your dreams of, you know, working in studios and, and being part of, you know, bigger projects is always something to aspire to and something to hope for. But I think that a lot of people forget to work on their fundamentals. And I think with acting and with animation, both fundamentals are so crucial to your success. Uh, if you want to be a voice actor, that's great. But if you don't have acting chops, if you're not, you haven't been in theater, if you haven't done the work, uh, it's a lot harder for you in the long run to stay 
um, to stay ahead of the curve because everyone around you is always getting better when you're around actors because everyone's always working and they're always trying to get better. So if you're not in that mindset, it's very hard, even if you do get ahead, to stay ahead. And I think the same goes with animation. If you're not working on you know, how to draw your hands, how to draw feet, working on your anatomy, uh, working on you know, practicing you know, particle effect animation and uh, you know, digging into editing and lighting and texturing and all those things that you know, not all animators like doing. But you know, if you really want to get good at it um, and, and, again, stay ahead of the curve and, and stay relevant, you, you have to do the work. Uh, so that's my advice. It's very sound advice. All well, right. guys, this has been fun. We, uh, we, we veered more from the food puns than I thought we would. I thought that this was going to be uh, smothered in gravy. Uh, but uh, it's uh, next time I'll offer you a whole buffet. <laughs> we only, we only peppered the conversation <laughs> with entendres. So. I mean, I like to just salt and pepper in things a little bit. I understand, you know, some people keep it spicy and, uh, you know, others, others, you know, they, 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 they prefer to uh, save the spice for key dishes. Well, I do like to save the best bite for last. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you and your puns. <laughs> That leads us to the coup de gras. Yes. Oh, um, there it is. <laughs> um, Blake, before you, before you go real quick, too, where can people find you on social media as well? Uh, I am on Twitter. Um, my handle is... I think it's at Shepherd Blake. Maybe Shepherd underscore Blake. But uh, I, think if you, I think if you just search Blake Shepherd, I should pop up. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I think if you just search my name, I'll pop up on there. And, uh, all of this, I think is available on my website, which is blakeshepherd.com. Yeah. It's at shepherd underscore Blake. Yeah. And I've got, uh, I actually, I recently added a Netflix section to my website. I saw uh, that. Yeah, so if you go there, you can click on the shows, and if they're still active, they should pop up. Um, I'm not a I'm not a web genius or anything, but I noticed that Netflix had a fun little share button, so I just added the share links to, uh, yeah. to my website. It has its uses. <laughs> yeah, and here's uh, the yeah, thing I mean, I'm in, and here's where you can watch it. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And we know you have Netflix because everybody does. Yeah, and if you if you scroll down to the bottom of my website, you can find uh, my Twitter and uh, YouTube. But I don't have Instagram up here. I should add Instagram. Uh, but yeah, and, and if you if anyone has any questions for me, or if they uh, you know would like to ask me anything, uh, contact at blakeshepherd.com. They can get in touch with me. All right. Well. Thank you once again for your time. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for doing all the tweeting, by the way. I mean, I, I feel like there's been times when I didn't even realize it was Saturday. And then you guys start tweeting. And I'm like, oh, man. It is hard to keep track of the that's days that. lately, hasn't we're, it? It really has. We're a, guys, we're a well-oiled machine, so to speak. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I thank you so much. Uh, I mean, you—I I know you guys are saying you're not an official uh, tsunami, but you should be. 
Um, and I mean, at least they should send you some. Oh, uh, bless your heart. Because <laughs> uh, you're definitely uh, you're. We're not looking for viewers. kudos, but we would accept it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess they they did let us into Adult Swim, so whatever. Yeah, we got the tour there. Well, that's pretty cool. So you guys got to tour it or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got to tour the Adult Swim building in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting workplace. They got all kinds of follow the roll everywhere, and we couldn't really look into that many people's offices, but everybody's got their their cool feng shui. Yeah, no, Funimation is the same way, man. It's a yeah, uh, I bet Candyland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool that. guys. Have a great night. You too. Awesome. Thanks. See you later. All right. Take care.